you ever had a serious reality check? Have you ever had the brutal truth of your current reality just come bang down on you? You thought this was happening, but actually that was happening. I've had serious reality checks a number of times in my life. When I was in high school, my friends and I started a band, a rock band, and we thought we were amazing. Uh, we rehearsed every week and we had a few shows, played some concerts, when we thought we were going to tour the world. We were going to be amazing. And uh, we scored a support act for a, a mildly famous rock band. We were the first band and there were a bunch of bands and then the mildly famous rock band. And uh, the first sign that we weren't going to make it was that 11 people turned up for the concert. And after we had played our set, and at the end of the night, the, the main leader for this mildly famous rock band that we were supporting came up to us and uh, delivered some news. He said to us that we were not very good. Actually, we were very bad. And uh, bang, it was a reality check. Uh, for us. We thought we were going to be great, we were going to tour the world rock stars, but the truth was we were definitely not going to be rock stars. And praise God, each of us went on to actually contribute to society a little, which is great. It was a huge reality check, and that's a bit like what's going on here in Mark chapter 4. Not a reality check of the hopes and dreams of rock stardom, but of the kingdom of God. Here Jesus gives us a kingdom reality check. If you've read through Mark at the beginning of Mark, or if you've got it open there, you'll be able to see that things have gone well for Jesus and for his disciples. Jesus has come proclaiming the kingdom of God and he has shown himself to have authority over people. He says to people, follow me and they follow. He has authority over sickness. He heals people just by speaking. He has authority to forgive sins. He does what only God can do. He says, I forgive you. He has authority over evil spirits. He says to unclean spirits, come out of people, and they do. And the crowds are following. In Mark chapter 3, verse 7, it says there's a great crowd followed him. And at the beginning of chapter 4, I don't know if you noted, that there was such a large crowd following Jesus that he had to get into a boat and teach them as they sat on the side of the beach. The feel here, the context is, things are cranking. Things are going great. Jesus can't go anywhere without massive crowds. And the disciples would surely be thinking, yes, this is going so well. We're going to be stars. And then Jesus teaches this parable. This, that's the context in which this story is delivered of the different types of ground, four types of ground. Do you see why Jesus is saying this here? Why is this parable here? It's a huge reality check for the disciples and for us too. And there's three things that in your little handout that are written down there for you. The first one is sharing the truth of Jesus will be hard and often look like a waste of time. Jesus tells the story of a sower going out and sowing seeds. And there are four types of ground. Did you notice? 
There's the path, rocky ground, thorns, and good soil. And different things happen to the seed depending on where it falls. After he's told the story, Jesus teaches his disciples, those in the inner sanctum, what it actually means. And the first and most important thing we see in this parable, did you have a look? Verse 14, Jesus teaches us what is this parable all about? The sea, the sower sows what? This is from verse 14, if you're uh, there in your Bibles. The sower sows the word. So the seed is the word of God, the gospel word, the message of Jesus Christ. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. The word is sown. That's the seed. When they hear what happens on the path, Satan immediately comes and takes the word that is sown. It hits hard hearts. And bangs off. Just like a path, if you think about seed banging along a path. That's the same thing that happens in the hearts of these people. These are the ones on the rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it. They have no root in themselves. They endure for a while. When tribulation, when it gets hard, persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So that's the ones with the rocky ground. The ones that are sown among the thorns, they are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So there's the three first three types of ground. Path, rocks, thorns. And each time the word is sown, we're talking about people, right? This is talking about people. Each time the word of Jesus is sown, they hear. Did you notice? Three times we're told. They hear. They hear. They hear. They hear the word. But this is a type of hearing that doesn't produce anything. It's a technical word. That it's in the aorist tense. It just means that this hearing produces nothing. There's no action after hearing. It's superficial hearing. But there is hearing. So they hear the word, but nothing eventuates from it doesn't produce anything. Now the other thing to notice is how much waste there is. Did you notice as the sower is sowing seed, so much waste. I once did a talk on this um, passage to a bunch of farmers and a farmer beforehand came up with a bag of seed. He said, Matt, do you want to use this seed? And I thought, all right, we'll use the seed. It was very similar to this, pretty similar sort of thing, packed out hall with farmers. So I grabbed the bag of seed and I just threw it out at them. I wouldn't do it here because I'd get in trouble and have to vacuum later. But what happened? It just went all over the ground. The point is, there's a lot of waste, isn't there? When the word is being sown, Jesus is saying, there's going to be a lot of waste. We go out and we sow the word. That's what a Christian does, right? We tell people about Jesus and it hits a path, hits a hard heart. Or it falls in the, th the rocks. People get excited for a little bit and then they go, no, that's too hard for me. Or it falls in the thorns and they say, yeah, I think I might become a Christian. But then the world creeps in and chokes it. The love of money. Sharing Jesus with people looks wasteful and it's hard work. So what does that mean for us? 
Why is Jesus teaching that to Christians? Well, the point is, don't be discouraged. That's normal. That's normal Christianity. It's normal when the word of Jesus is thrown out to people that people reject it. He's saying that's what normally happens, and that's what happens in Perth, doesn't it? You walk down the street of Dalkeith and you say, would you like to uh, hear about Jesus Christ? What are most of the reactions going to be? No, thank you. Pro- probably polite, very polite. No, thank you. I've got other things to do. Don't be discouraged. It's going to be hard and there's going to be waste. Secondly, don't try other strategies. What is a temptation when lots of people are saying, no, thank you, I don't want to know about Jesus? What's the temptation? Try something different. Maybe if we say, if you become a Christian, your life is going to be easier. That might help. What about if we say, don't worry about Jesus, just I'll I'll counsel you, I'll help you, I'll love you, and let's just look after the poor, which is a good thing to do. But don't worry about Jesus. Will you come to church then? Don't try other strategies. Jesus says it's going to be hard. That's the way it is. Sharing Jesus will be hard and look like a waste. Secondly, sharing the truth of Jesus will produce a massive harvest. Did you see it? The sower sows the seed. Some falls in a path. Some falls in a rocky ground. Some falls in the thorns. It's hard. It looks like wasteful. But also some falls in good soil. Verse 8. Other seed fell into good soil and produced what? Grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30, 60, 100 fold. Jesus teaches us in verse 20 what that means. Those are the ones sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. Did you see what happens? The ones who are in good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce fruit. Now, a very interesting thing happens here. I told you that that funny word, the aorist tense, which is hearing that doesn't produce anything, was the first three soils, right? It changes now to present tense. These people in the good soil hear the word differently there's a different hearing it means ongoing hearing i hear it and i keep hearing it more and more and more it's a completely different type of hearing these people hear about jesus and they go yes please i want more of that yes please they hear it they accept it and what happens The fruit bears more and more and more in your heart and in the people around you. They take it on board. They hear, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Jesus died for my sins. Jesus rose from the dead to give me life forever. Yes, please. Jesus is the way. You mean he makes me new? You mean he makes me righteous even though I'm unrighteous? You mean he reconciles me to the God who made me, even though I've turned my back on him? You mean he makes me right, even when I'm in the wrong? Yes, please. I want more 
of that. The climax of this parable is the more and the more and the more. So what does it mean for us? Well, first, it's worth the hard work, isn't it? Jesus is worth the pain, the sacrifice, the disappointment, the blank stares, the awkward moments, the ridicule. It's worth it when you want to tell someone about Jesus and they say, no, thank you, very kindly, in Dalkeith. Or they say, no way, mate. I don't want anything to do with that. You're an idiot for thinking that. It's worth it. Secondly, don't lose heart because Jesus will do it. This is not a maybe. Jesus tells this parable to say there will be fruit growing more and more and more. If you look around Perth, you might not see it. If you look around the world, you will see it. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going out and bearing fruit throughout the world more and more and more. As sure as Jesus died on the cross is as sure as Jesus will produce a massive harvest. Sharing the truth of Jesus is going to be hard and look like a waste, but it will produce a massive harvest. And finally, it exposes our hearts. It's a kingdom reality check, isn't it? Jesus tells this parable, and I don't know if you noticed, there's this weird little bit where he says what parables do. They're either windows for those who understand or they're barriers for those who don't. Have a look at verse 11. Remember he's speaking to those inside and he's telling them this is what these parables do. To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything's in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So there's two groups. There's the you and the them. The insiders who understand about Jesus and are producing more and more fruit understand parables, the secret of the kingdom. But those outside reject it, it acts as judgment upon them. This is quoted from Isaiah 6, and God has sent Isaiah to a people who would not respond, a hard-hearted people. And he said, go proclaim my word to these hard-hearted people and it will show them that they are hard-hearted. That's the point. God's word either shows you that you understand or you are hard-hearted. And it's the same here, isn't it? The farmer sows seed on, on ground that will never produce a crop. Will seed ever produce anything on a path? Never. Rocky soil, thorns that choke. It will never happen. The parable simply confirms which camp you're in. Those who are with Jesus are given understanding. Those who reject Jesus will be confirmed in their disbelief. One of two ways. So having said all that, the obvious question here is, which soil are you? Which one are you? I've had to ask the question of myself again this week. When my kids were little, they're big now, as you probably noticed, when they were little, they used to love me reading them stories. And when I was reading stories, they would often point at a picture or whatever and say, that's me, I'm in there. So Kate loved asterisks, Sam loved cars, Lucy loved princesses, 
and they'd say stuff like, I'm the one with the sword. I'm the one with driving the digger. I'm the one in the pretty princess dress. That wasn't Sam. The story, this story, as you read it, forces you to see yourself in it, doesn't it? So it would be amiss of us to leave here not having not done business with God and his word this morning, looking at this parable and truly, genuinely, the brutal truth of your current reality going, which one am I? Are you a path? Do you hear these things about Jesus and it just bounces off your heart? No. Nothing. It's not doing anything for me. If you're a path, then here's the truth. You need to reconsider Jesus because God cracks paths. He cracks hard hearts. A path can be good soil. You don't always stay as one. Reconsider Jesus. Maybe you're rocky ground. You initially heard about Jesus but realised, hang on, this is really difficult. Most people don't go for this. And this is a difficult life. It's not easy street. When things got hard, did you let it slide? I still come to church a bit, but that's about it. The question is, what would be more difficult than standing before the God who made you without a saviour? What about thorns? Maybe you've heard about Jesus and you kind of go to church and you say you love Jesus, but actually your lifestyle is all about you and money and getting stuff. The thorns have choked your faith. If that's you, then ask yourself, well, maybe just follow your life to its end. And think, what's going to save me? With that money, the possessions, the lifestyle of Perth. How does that work at my funeral? Jesus is the only one who lives after he dies. You can live after you die if you unite yourself to him by faith. Become good soil. Maybe you're hearing the word this morning and you're saying, yes, please. You are good soil. Keep being good soil. Keep hearing the gospel of Jesus. The test whether you're good soil or not is if you hear these things about Jesus, he died for your sins, he rose again, he is the way, the truth and the life. Does your, do you get harder to that or softer to it? Or are you nothing? There is hearing that produces nothing. And there's hearing that produces fruit in your own heart, in the hearts of everyone around you, more and more and more. Keep allowing that sweet gospel of Jesus to change you. Read your Bible during the week. Find a good Christian book to read. Delight in it. Go to small group. Read the Bible with someone else one-to-one over a coffee. Enjoy Jesus more and more. Grow in him. 30, 60, 100 fold. So there's the kingdom reality check. Sharing the truth of Jesus is going to be hard and look like a waste of time. Seed goes out all over the place. But it will produce a massive harvest. More and more and more. And it is throughout the whole world. And it exposes our hearts. And Jesus says, those who have ears, 
Let them hear. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this kingdom reality check. We thank you that you, in your love and kindness, show us the brutal truth of our current realities. You show us where we really are with you. And we pray that each one here, all of us, would be good soil, that we'd hear the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ. We'd accept it as the truth by trusting your son Jesus and we produce fruit, eternal fruit, as we grow more and more like Jesus and as we see people around us come to know and love him. We pray it in his powerful name. Amen.